your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. Sitting in studio with me today is State Rep Jill Billings, and I didn't write down what district, 95? Okay, 95th Assembly District State Representative, and uh, there's there's brought a, there's like 50 things we could talk about nationally, not 50, but there's probably like five really big things happening nationally that maybe we could talk about. Uh, and then obviously like the election just happened. So there's so many things we could talk about in the state as well. Uh, and I don't, I don't know, but like, how did you feel about, let's just do the election that, that okay. happened on Tuesday. I haven't even really talked about it yet. I had, uh, I had Dr. Aaron Engel on here yesterday, the lacrosse school superintendent, um, just talking about like the plan forward now that the operating, he's just kind of like, whew, operating budget referendum passes then. Um, that's something. Okay. So the operating budget referendum passes and Engel said that we've done that since 2005. I think that's right. So we've asked taxpayers in all, all over the state. It's nothing new, but mm-hmm. since 2005, Hey, can you raise your own taxes to help pay for schools? And in, in my head, it's because the state isn't funding schools enough. Is that, is that a little off or is that kind of how this is working? I would agree with that. Okay. Um, this, when the state put, uh, caps on what school, how school districts can can raise taxes. Um, they had to go to referendum. There were also other things in the in the mix, but I mean the school funding is is very complicated. But um, regarding taxes, yeah, they said the it's it's up to school districts to ask the voters uh, if they'll support a referendum, which is. In some ways, that's democracy in action, right? But in other ways, it's it's difficult for school districts to be putting out the information. They have to spend money to put out the information, encourage people to vote. Then it's not a sure thing. Um, I know there were some school districts that were concerned if they didn't referendums didn't pass, they were going to have to close their doors. So it's it's not the best. I don't think it's the best way to fund schools. And we're literally closing doors. We're we're closing a school in <laughs> at the end of the summer, and we're talking. According to Engel, we're talking about closing an elementary school, and we'll have that plan. He's he's taking stakeholders' opinions now. I think, or they're gathering stakeholders. And that plan would come out at the end of November, he said. So we're going to close another school. And they have too many buildings. So with student population. So it's not like we're going to close a school based on, like, just money or just the schools are old. They have too many. And student student population is declining. So, But there were 68 referendum on the ballot this time around 68 of them and yeah. and that was probably you know every i feel like that's probably a pretty good number every time or every every time right so um i don't know so one of the one of the solutions i said because the three years ago the district had 85 million dollars in deferred maintenance on buildings mm-hmm. now it's 102 i think engel said yesterday so, and you're on the, what is it called? The subcommittee for... The State for, Building Commission? State Building Commission. Yes. Subcommittee or you're the I'm chair. on the State Building Commission, which is divided into two subcommittees. Uh, one is Administrative Affairs, and that covers state parks, office buildings that are owned by the state, uh, veterans, uh, buildings, um, and uh, nursing homes and... Um, 
what are some of the other this it, museums? Some of the museums have gotten funding. Um, and then on the other side is the university system. And so UW schools and needs on campuses. Okay. It falls a little bit about the same money spent on both, a little more on administrative affairs usually. Um, and so I'm the chair of the uh, higher education subcommittee. Senator Wirch is the chair of the administrative affairs okay, so subcommittee. That- it, are the the school lacrosse school district buildings their own entity, and then they wouldn't have they wouldn't have any part of this? Right, right, right. right. Okay, yep. that's all under um, school board and superintendent of schools. So when okay, because we're taught we're also we're also trying to decide whether to br- to build phase two of the UW Lacrosse Prairie Spring Science Center. Right. The, so, but these are two different entities that are looking for money. To, uh, for buildings, right? Mm-hmm. The similarities are that um, also on our university, in our university system, projects have been, been deferred and delayed uh, so that there are a lot of needs on campuses coming out of the Great Recession. Uh, Republicans and Governor Walker were hesitant to spend uh, money on campuses. They were trying to save money. And so now we're, we've fallen behind. And so there's a lot of, of work that needs to be done. All right, I'm, tr- I'm I'm like I'm combining stories here, and I probably shouldn't. But uh, we have a seven. We also have a seven point one billion dollar budget surplus, or is it more than that? Because yeah. the prediction always, the estimation always grows. Has it grown yet? Yes, the we... last time I saw it was seven point one million dollars projected. Okay, a billion, right? Billion. A billion. Sorry. Um, billion. All right. So we, what me and Engel talked about was can we because. Republicans are devising a state budget. State budget is a two year plan for the next two years. That has no, that, how much does that have to do with the budget surplus? Like nothing? Uh, how much does the, the a, need I, of I feel buildings? Like, I feel like we have a $7.1 billion budget yeah. surplus. Yeah. And we're also crafting a two-year budget. Mm-hmm. And they're two, thing, two different things, right? Like you don't need the budget surplus to craft a two-year budget, do you? No. Um, budgets have been crafted without surpluses in the past. Um, the, so the governor has created his proposal. He gave it to the legislature. It's in the hands of the Joint Finance Committee right now. And uh, right now they're doing all their listening sessions. They had their first one yesterday at, um, on the eastern side of the state. And um, so there are three more. And uh, so people can weigh in, and then Republicans will uh, decide where they want funding to go. You know, they basically they've said they're going to kind of throw out the governor's budget and create what they want. Right. They'll do that with a regular budget. They've also said they're going to do that with a capital budget, the budget that we talked about for uh, major projects, buildings in uh, Wisconsin. So uh, the capital budget's part of the main budget, but it's it was voted on separately. Right. It has a separate path to get to joint finance. Um, they're both in the hands of joint finance right now. So I'm encouraging people in lacrosse who, you know, care about a university system, have kids that go there, work there, um, think it's important for us to have a healthy uh, uh, school, UW system school in lacrosse to uh, go to the joint finance committee meetings. And that's something that they can easily talk about. Um, so we also were doing a, a listening session in lacrosse. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll get to okay. that in a minute. We're okay. going to take a break. We're going to do a news. We're going to so I want to talk about school funding at the UW system, at the Lacrosse School District. Also, we could talk about the, some of these national issues. Uh, 
Tennessee expelling some Democrats. So I, I kind of wonder if you need to watch what you say because now Republicans have a super majority. Could they start expelling Democrats in the state? So uh, just kind of a, 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 a an interesting story that is actually happening happening elsewhere in the country. But we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914 is the text line. I should turn that on. I get to talking. And we're going down too many rabbit holes here. Jill Billings is in studio with me. She's the assembly rep for the Lacrosse area, District 95, which includes Lacrosse, uh, Town of Campbell, mm-hmm. right? Town of Campbell, mm-hmm. and then um, and one of those Shelby. Okay. Yep. Uh, man, and I didn't even put PIFAs on the list. I don't even know where we're, <laughs> we're, we're moving on that. Sometimes there's just no movement, but it's. It's always good to bring up that people on in the town of Campbell have been on bottled water, I think, a, a two, two years, years now? Yeah. Two years. It's in the governor's budget. It's in the governor's budget. Well, we threw that budget out. So, Well, it's still something good for people to talk about when they talk to joint finance. <laughs> right. So, And this is like a, a nationwide problem. This is a very, very Wisconsin problem. Yes. This is probably a problem that some people don't even know they have a problem yet because they haven't tested their wells for PFAS. You yeah. never know. So. Or nitrates. Um, but we were talking about buildings and buildings and buildings. I talked about buildings with the the superintendent of lacrosse schools yesterday. And I just, at the end of the day, I was like, if you have $100 million in deferred maintenance, but you're going to get rid of some of these buildings, and the budget and the state is sitting on $7 billion in budget surplus, couldn't we right now start just dishing out money to, to schools to, to help improve safety and accessibility and just, like, the pipes are leaking. So, because that's definitely a problem for the school district when their buildings are 180, 100 years old and 80 years old. Um, is that just like that, where that's not going to happen? But that that's something that we could do right now, right? Or you could do, I should say. We could. Um, I, I know that I think that some of, I think there'll be extra funding for schools on mental health issues. I think both Democrats and Republicans understand that coming out of COVID, there's a lot of. Um, issues with kids, the kids at school, there are issues with more bullying, more aggressiveness. There are issues with mental health where more kids are talking about self-harm um, or feeling um, depressed for um, day, day after day after day. Yeah, right at the end of last time you were here, we talked about yeah. that. Yeah. survey was it a survey right. that was put out or a right. study that was put out just it yeah. was a survey of kids right in, right. in schools and mm-hmm. and they were astounding numbers right yeah. like a, amount especially, of kids that were yeah especially uh girls and lgbtq kids so the governor put a lot of money toward um mental health on uh, mental health in schools i think that the republicans are going to fund some of that too because this isn't just a big cities thing this is happening in rural areas it's it's happening all over that schools need relief also, special education funding. The school hasn't kept up with their side of the equation on that. I think that we're at 30-some percent of funding special education. The rest of it falls on the school districts. The governor upped that to, I think, 65 percent. I don't know if Republicans will keep it there, but there, there really should be more funding for this, from the state on special education. When the governor puts out his budget, and he knows Republicans are here to do the political talk thing and say, we're throwing out the Democrats' budget. I don't know if that's the smartest way to go, but that's the that's the talk mm-hmm. the last two times, mm-hmm. right? But does governor go, okay, we want to fund mental health, 
and or special education, you said, and he's like, I'm going to bump it up to 65%, knowing that Republicans only want to do about 35%. And then we'll meet in the middle. It's kind of like bartering. Every time I go to a swap meet or a car show or something, that's how you do it. You barter. You get on Facebook Marketplace and you want to buy, uh, uh, I buy plants sometimes. So it's $50 and I'll be like, I'll give you a 30 and then we'll, we'll meet in the middle at 40. That's, is, is that how that this works with the budget? <laughs> not to my not to my knowledge, but it could be. I mean, who knows? I'm not in those those back rooms when they're putting together the governor's budget, and they say we're gonna. <clears throat> I don't know that they say we're gonna well, ask for 65, ex- expecting to get 30. Um, I I do know that he talks to a lot of legislators and about concerns in their districts, and he he added some things that I talked about. Um, he's uh, added things that are important to him to in his departments come we'll together with budgets. When, when you say the governor or somebody mm-hmm. else talking to you, the governor. Anyway, well, when the governor talks to you and you, concerns in your district, mm-hmm. so what are those? Well, I talked about Prairie Springs too, and the, also the fine arts parking ramp. I talked about those because we're both the governor chairs building commission. I wanted to give him a heads up that those were two issues that were really important and had support locally um, from the university. Does the parking ramp have support? Because I'm like, uh, the, the science center I'm all in for, but do yeah. we really need a $30 million parking ramp? That's It's one of them things. It's I, I just don't know, but it's also like, come on, parking ramp? Well, there's not enough parking on campus. You know that the neighborhood... The neighbors don't really like it when it starts sprawling into the right. neighborhoods, and they created that. Would it the just city be created for, that payment. Yeah, you know, dollar they, an hour, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the max is only like four hours, as yeah. if students don't stay at school for more than four hours. Probably not, but um, it, would it be better for students if there was a parking ramp there? Would it be better? Would it be cheaper? Easier? I, you know, I'm not sure if it would be cheaper. I think it would be certainly easier if you buy a parking. Yeah buy a parking pass and then you've yeah. got a place rather than moving your car and, and, you know, coming late for class, trying to find a parking space. Cause that's I, where we should be at. Like, okay, well let's make it affordable and easier for students yeah. and then yeah. for the community yeah. as well. If we're going to think about stuff like and, that, and Hey, we'll give you a parking ramp, but you can only charge 50 bucks a year for students to park there. The, the other thing is the reason why I like ramps is that it, uh, hopefully helps with the parking sprawl, right? That yeah. parking sprawl is is not attractive, and I don't think it's the best use of that that land. And the university has a limited amount of land. They've got the cemetery on one side. They've got housing around them. So um, I I think that if you free up some of that surface parking, it's good for future needs, right? All right. Well, let's let's get into the Prairie Springs Science Center. So it okay. was proposed in twenty. 20- 18 the second phase of it we built half of it and we're just been sitting on a sec 2019 right we've 2018 okay 2018 at that time it cost like 80 some million Mm dollars and now it's 180 some million dollars so we've sat on this thing for 100 million dollars worth of four years right yeah and the expensive labs were put in the first phase so you'd think that the second phase would be cheaper but as this project's been deferred and delayed it's gotten more expensive and more expensive and with inflation and increase in building costs that's made it um higher uh and also we're sitting with a science building cowley hall which is the most expensive building to keep up on campus so there's money that's going into an old building that's an expensive building to keep going um, and our proposed new building keeps getting more expensive. Yeah, it's like having an old car, and every other week, like now I got to get a new muffler, now I got a new catal- catalytic converter, 
Yeah. And you keep putting money into this crappy car, and eventually it just costs as much as if you would have just bought a new car to begin You've with. You've got it. And and we've got increasing enrollment on our campus. Not all campuses have that. As we know, there's there's declining uh, college-age students, right, because of the, the bump with uh, population. But um, our our we keep having student growth. And our, we have a very desirable campus. Um, so we should invest in it. Uh, the other thing is that 87% of our health science and science majors stay right here in Wisconsin. And so they're our workforce. It's really important. Well, that, I didn't know that number. Um, so when the first phase of the Prairie Springs got built, that was mm-hmm. under Governor Scott Walker. Yes. And now I, I read, I'm gonna, oh, I have so many notes. Um, 112 items are on the UW system budget, something like that. Yeah. And Republicans said no to all of them? Yes, they voted down every single uh, item. I knew they were going to do that. I know the the two members. We've been around long enough. Did that happen under Governor Scott Walker? No. 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 So it's just, are we just playing politics with with UW system building plans? Uh, Well, so the when the Republicans vote down every item, then on joint finance, the the building commission members can sit down with joint finance committee members and recreate that capital budget. Um, It's basically a way of keeping all the power for themselves. Now, if we were Watch in those what you shoes, say. You would see we what do happened that? In, you see maybe. what happened in Tennessee. Watch what you yeah. say. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> would we do that if, if if we had that option? Maybe, because these are huge projects. Yeah. I just hope they look at these these projects on the merit, Keep try to keep politics out of it, and just look at them on the merit of the project. Our uh, science building is the second building under major projects after UW-Madison's engineering building, which has a lot of private donors. So there's urgency to get that one through. It's ranked second. So of all the projects in the state. We're second. So there's definitely a need. It's been been delayed uh, because some people say, well, you've got a science building. Yeah, we've got a science building uh, because under Governor Walker, with President Cross uh, as the president of the system, we were told to divide it into two because they didn't want to fund one expensive building, and then one would follow the next. Well, we're one of three campuses that did that, and now we've all sort of reaped the problems of that, and no other campuses are doing that because what's happened is that second phase takes a long time to get through. Um, When we're providing workforce locally, um, to people like Quick Trip and Brennan Marine and Train Company and Dairyland Power, to Gunderson and Mayo, you know we we need to have good facilities and and crank out these science health science majors. Um, and I appreciate that those groups, those employers, are making their voices known and saying, "Look, we need to fund this because this is a worthwhile investment." These employees are important to us. And so we've got that going. We've got... Does Tommy um, Thompson have no clout? Because he was a year... I think it was a month, a year ago to this, or last month, that he was like, hey, look at this building's leaking. It floods all the time, Cowley Hall, and we could tear it down and build... We need to build this. Does he have no clout in the Republican Party? Uh, I... I know that he is um, his, his good friends with a ton of people on, on their side of the aisle. He's friends with people on our side of the aisle. But um, the, the building commission and joint finance committee members who are Republicans decided to go a different way. I'm hoping this time, you know, 
I had a pretty frank conversations after the vote and said, what was it? Why didn't our science building get through? And one thing I heard was, well, it's during COVID. These are a lot of classrooms and offices. You know, are people really even on campus now? Well, no, not during COVID, but guess what? They are now. They're, yeah, they're this on was building. a conversation yeah, you had yeah. like a month ago yeah, or a couple weeks ago. They're on campus now. So, so hopefully they'll see that and they will support They'll because, support our second because phase of our building. Because there's people in the committee, right? There's four Democrats and four Republicans, oh. and you guys just split. On building commission, yeah, yes. Yeah, on the commission. Yep, yep, And you split the vote on the on everything, but on the Prairie Springs Science Center, it went four and four, Republicans, Democrats. Every item went four, four. Yeah. Yep. I tried to talk them into, we had some statutory changes at the end that would have increased a threshold of things coming back and getting approval. You know, with inflation, that those we needed statutory changes, and we all agreed on it. Um, but they said, "No, we're not. We're not ready to vote on that yet. We're going to wait for that one too." So they voted down all the projects and also the statutory changes. Okay, so the next step is then what? I got to go to break, but I just, okay. what's the next step? Uh, building or co- the uh, joint finance committee, and that's why I'm encouraging local folks who care about this project to testify in front of joint finance on it because I will tell you the other universities will be there in full force with students, administration, employers. Um, so we need to do the same. Is it like an NCAA ranking where we could go down in the rankings? We're yes. number two right now. And if more people show up at the finance committee from UW-Eau Claire, they might bump us in the rankings? Yes. <laughs> right. Absolutely, that would happen. All right, we'll be back. Well, all right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line. Jill Billing, state rep, is sitting in the studio with me. And uh, I think I think this texter, because I, I texted him back and I said, I don't know what that means. So mm-hmm. to his first text and he goes and he goes of you don't, which I think he means, of course, you don't. But I'll read his text because, you know, I'll read it. Sorry, dem dudes and dudas. You are talking about wait my money exclamation point. It is not free exclamation point. I don't know what that means. And that's all I'll say. Well. Yeah, we are. Well, you know, we are talking about taxpayer dollars. That's true. We are. So the governor. um, I don't know if we mentioned anything was free. No, the governor included a tax break for um, for people making one hundred thousand and under or couples at one hundred and fifty thousand dollars and under. Uh, The Republicans. Yeah. Yep. The Republicans had a flat tax. They gave more to wealthy folks. So. There's going to be a tax break in this. I, I'm sure there's going to be a tax break in this, probably somewhere in between. Um, and that's a good thing, because I think some of the surplus should go back to taxpayers. It is their it is their money. I mean, I think that's that's well, true. The person who texted in is right. But um, but you could do that at any point in time. You could do that right now. Yeah, we could. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what, absolutely we when, could. When, when you guys, then I just, I, I lump you all together but the but you voted for this i think the state legislator didn't meet in session for eight months last year Mm -hmm. and you're not going to meet in session next year for the last seven months of the year Mm -hmm. and you all voted for that except brad path i think brad path didn't vote for it Hmm. so he told me that i don't know if you voted for the calendar i voted for the calendar yes um kind of a procedural because, thing because yeah. you say you said the last time um we shouldn't be doing major legislation during an election year right something like that is that your i think when people are running for office you know it it can cause it can cause issues i think it can if you're 
two months out from an election and there are special interest groups that, I mean, you could get a quid pro quo, right? So there are special interest groups that want a certain piece of legislation passed. And so some uh, legislators have a fundraiser or a caucus, Republicans or Democrats would have a fundraiser, and money starts flowing in from this specialist group that wants this funding. I mean, I think there could be more issues. I think the closer you get to the election, the the more issues could occur. So then you should so, be a part-time legislature that doesn't work the last six months. Yeah, like we, you don't, you're not we on the clock that. then. Or but so I've talked to you before about that, that I I still work through the, right. with all my commissions and, like and my, but here's yeah, the I'm still working through the. Is you might not get reelected. So then you're working on these commissions and committees and you're doing all this work the last seven or eight months of the year before your election. And then you don't get elected. So what is all that work for then? Yeah. You're well, doing all that work for nothing because you're gone. Well, I just work extra hard because right. I like the work. Right. I mean, for me, it's interesting to be part of all that stuff. So I find time to do both. Because I think right now, the first six, seven, whatever, if you want to go three, four months of your of your session or the of your ele- after your election, that's when you should be here talking to your constituents and finding out what their priorities are. And you're kind of doing that with the budget, but. Yeah. And then you take that stuff mm-hmm. to Madison, and then you try to pass that mm-hmm. stuff. And trying to pass stuff in an election year uh, that's popular with your voters mm-hmm. isn't, like, the worst thing. Yeah. Um, we did that with the budget surplus at when Scott Walker was running for re-election. We gave child tax credits. Everyone got a $100 check for every kid that had 18 or under. So it's not like we haven't right. gotten rid of the budget right. surplus. And. Actually, I am I am knocking on doors. I was knocking on doors for the spring election to encourage people to vote and had some nice conversations with folks. Uh, they were kind of surprised to see me at the door when it wasn't November or, or in the fall or the summer. They're like, we just saw you usually, a couple months yeah, ago. Yeah, what are you doing? We just voted for you. Uh, but but it, we had some good conversations and uh, listening sessions for the budget. We have a listening session coming up. Yeah, I was just going to say April 10th, right? Is yeah, that the Monday. It's, it's Monday. Oh, it's already. Monday, April 10th. Yeah, Monday, April 10th, 3.30 at the public library. And we're encouraging people to come uh, because we didn't have a joint finance listening session in, scheduled for lacrosse. I invited joint finance members to come to lacrosse. So there are, um, I know two, maybe four will be at Main Library. I'll be there. Um, and it's, I think it's always good for people in Western Wisconsin to let legislators know what their concerns are. So I was happy that, um, a couple members said they would come. Uh, then the next day, um, Eau Claire has a, there'll be joint finance committee li- sponsored listening sessions all day in Eau Claire. Is that the main at the one? University. The, big, the big one? That's the big one. Okay. So April yep. 11th, Eau Claire will have a statewide joint finance yeah, at the, the student center on campus. Okay, so the, uh, and that's okay. Yeah. What I want to ask is the one that you're going to host on April 10th. Mm-hmm. How does that stuff get then put into the mix? Like, if I'm not going to the statewide one, but I went to Jill's one in Lacrosse, do you do you take notes? Do you send? I don't know. Go ahead. Yes, the so the joint finance committee members who will be there, they'll have that information from people. They'll have those those stories about why whatever issues are important to people in, in lacrosse, uh, people share those stories. And then, so they'll have that information um, and they'll share when they start deliberating as a joint finance commit committee altogether in the Capitol. So they'll bring that information they hear from lacrosse to Madison, okay, so just like they're doing at the other listening sessions. So it's, and, it, it, is, it, is it the balance here? Is it just as important 
Is it more important to go to Claire or is it, can it be just as important to go to yours on April 10th? I think Monday? I'm going to be at both. I'm going to be. Well, I know you are, but I, I can't go to Eau Claire. I want, but I want input. Yeah. And will that input have as much clout at Jill's meeting versus if I went to Eau Claire and, and put it in on the statewide meeting? Eau Claire will have more joint finance committee members. Yeah. So I, if you can only go to one thing, I would go to Eau Claire. Also, Wisconsin Dells is the 12th the next day. So Monday, you can you can make your opinions heard in La Crosse at 3.30 at the main library. On uh, Wednesday, or on the... Um, Tuesday. Tuesday, um, it'll be in... The, the Joint Finance Committee meets in Eau Claire from 10 to 5 at the Student Center. And then Wednesday, they're meeting from 10 to 5 at the Wilderness Resort in Wisconsin Dells. And then the final listening session will be the 26th, April 26th, at Minocqua. So that's a bit of a hike for some people. And there but was one online, right? That already no, happened? No, no, that was last online. year. No, they, oh. are, they did one this week at um, Waukesha. Oh, okay. So they do, they're doing four. No online. It would be Although really... there is a portal. So if you uh, look up Joint Finance Committee, there's a, the, a portal where you can, you can uh, submit written information. All right. So if, if somebody wanted to let state legislators know what they their input into the budget would be, mm-hmm. like, hey, this is what I think the, mm-hmm. the next two years we should prioritize. Mm-hmm. Like, can you give me some examples of things that you, you went to one, right? You've went, went to one I've of I've been to right? several, yeah. Oh, okay. So what are some examples of, you know what? Oh, yeah, that's, I don't know, either I didn't think of that, it's a good a good idea, or just some of the main things that people are talking about. Um, last year, I our last budget session, I went to the listening session in River Falls, and I heard, um, well, I'll give you some examples. There were a group of Hmong men from La Crosse that talked about mental health for um, Hmong elders and the community. Uh, there were people, there was a person talking about Prairie Springs, too, and funding for the university uh, system. Uh, there were folks who talked about, you know, their buildings in Eau Claire and River Falls. There were students who talked about those buildings. Uh, people talked about funding education. Some people with AARP came to talk about, I think, caregiver support. Um some people spoke about um, anti-tobacco. Does anyone just say just, funding? Just fix the roads. Yeah. Oh yeah. Popular? There were people who said fix the damn roads. <laughs> you know, like the governor says. Yeah. There are people who say that. Uh, it's always. I think it's fascinating to listen. So I'll be at Eau Claire, and I'm going to be in Wisconsin Dells for a bit, and also, of course, a listening session here in La Crosse. Um, when I talked to the governor about my asks in the budget, I also included uh, funding for home visiting, uh, which is when a family has a new baby, they're likely at risk. Um, a social worker or, uh, or public health nurse helps in the beginning, helps connect them to services and helps get that family off to a healthy start. If we, every time we fund that, we save money down the road. Uh, I asked for uh, child care. I'm a huge supporter of child care. I'm always talking about that need for our workforce. Um, I talked about I talked about a bunch of stuff with the How governor. How does that work? Like, would the state subsidize daycares or something like there that? There are a couple pro- programs that the governor has now. He used as pilot programs, and he funded them uh, in his budget down the road. I'm 
I think the Republicans will put some money into child care. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do it. But the governor looked at matching if employers could put some funding in for child care. Um, then the government could also match some of that. He had some grants for programs just to keep the lights on in some child care centers uh, through COVID and coming out of COVID. Because Quick, Quick, Quick Trip started their own daycare, right? Yes. So. But what what this what in my head, and that's great for them, for people that work at Quick Trip. Until you don't want to work at Quick Trip anymore, this is just like healthcare. When you link healthcare to your your job, then if you leave your job and you're like somebody who's very dependent on health insurance, you can't leave your job because you don't know maybe the next job that you want. Oh, their health insurance plan sucks, and therefore I can't. I have to stay at this job that I don't like anymore. That doesn't excel my career like the new job would. Same with Quick Trip. Like if if I have my kid in daycare, maybe they maybe the rates are great for parents at that daycare. And then I don't want to work at Quick Trip anymore. Well, I'm going to take my kid out of the daycare there, but then the the daycare that I now need to go to, a maybe it's full, or b maybe it's like three times the cost, and therefore I have to stay at this job that I hate. So I don't know. Linking linking work and and these things just doesn't add up for me. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good point. I also think that this is a. a really big issue. So um, I think what Quick Trip's doing is part of the solution. It's not the whole solution because not everybody can afford to do what Quick Trip's doing. Right. Um, and also we need more teachers. So the governor put some funding in uh, for teachers. I was talking to early childhood educators on campus. They were talking about their um, student teaching and how you're not supposed to work um, and you're doing paying for to do student teaching. You're not being paid to do student teaching. Right. Um, so the governor put some stipend funding in there, which is important. Most of our students at UWL uh, are working while they're going to school. So it's a hardship for people, um, uh, not just early childhood education teachers, but other teachers, too. Yeah, if student you're student teaching, teaching yeah. for an eight-hour day or whatever, eight to three or whatever, and then you'd have to get done with that. And instead of, like, working on your lesson plan or something, you'd have to go to your job to make some money. So, right, like the, the part of the Evers plan is to you would get paid essentially to student teachers. Yeah, you get a stipend to but help with that. that. But we threw that out the garbage. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see if some of that comes back in. We know we need teachers and we have to encourage people to go into that field. So, that, you know, that could help. All right, we'll be back. We're going to wrap up. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. Wrapping up here with State Rep Jill Billings. Um, I just want to... Real quick, let's just talk about the election results. The Supreme Court is going to flip from a conservative majority to a liberal majority. Um, so some of the things that could take up gerrymandering, abortion, I don't even, uh, I, anything else. That, like, what, what do you think of, of, of some of that stuff? Like, just that, that flipping and, and those priorities maybe mm-hmm. going to the Supreme Court. I, th- I think things are going to change uh, in a slower manner than a lot of people think. Uh, the new justice isn't sworn in until uh, August 1st. So there's that. So nothing's going to happen right away. Uh, but there are people who are already filing lawsuits about the maps, uh, the gerrymandered maps. They want, we all most of us want fair maps. The majority of people in Wisconsin well, want think, fair maps. I think so. uh, Republicans and Democrats agree to that. And also, like, if you want to just do the last map session, we took the Republicans' state lines and we took Governor Tony Evers' U.S. House lines, the congressional lines. So if you even want to look at it like that, even though there were some parameters there that, that you couldn't change, but... Um, so we, we made the maps, the, the maps are partisan. It's stupid. Yeah. I mean, we have a purple state, right? We know that, 
uh, with our statewide races, nobody wins by an overwhelming number. Uh, so we have a purple state. So why is it that in the legislature, the Republicans have now a supermajority in the Senate and uh, almost two-thirds, they're two, two seats short of two-thirds in the Assembly? Um, it's because the maps are gerrymandered and, uh, you know, Democrats are pushed into certain districts. Well, you you might not know this from from listening to you probably don't listen all the time, but I do pick on you once in a while when I say Jill Billings map is lacrosse is gerrymandered to to have be in your favor for a Democrat. It is. And I love my sweet district. Um, (laughs) But with new maps, it it would change. My district would uh, become more difficult uh, to win. Um, but I do that hard work anyway of campaigning and talking to folks. And so that won't change. Yeah, I don't, I'll, I'll I still don't, work hard. Would your demeanor change anymore or what you do if you're, if you're, you knew your district was a little bit less gerrymandered? I'll, um, I don't think so. I mean, I'm a common sense Democrat. We've got common sense Democrats in Western Wisconsin. We're kind of a different breed here. Um, all right. I think, uh, I think that's all I have. Uh, do you have any, uh, just like any, oh, you know what? Like, how did you, what did you think of the turnout from the election? I was very excited with 52% of the uh, people who can vote voted. I mean, that was great. It was Isn't it usually good on like campus or something like that? Or 30. Yeah, it was, it was great on campus. It was, it's always good to have an, an involved electorate, I think. The, the more people that vote, the better. Yeah. All right, that's State Assembly Rep Jill Billings. Thanks for spending the hour with us. Thank uh, you. Coming up tomorrow, UW Lacrosse, political science professor Dr. Anthony Chagoski. I wonder what we'll talk about.